this is the really exciting thing about education as an equalizer. It really is about providing individuals access because we feel like that's one of the biggest barriers. You got to create the entire ecosystem for these individuals to really be successful. And you want to give them all that they need to be able to complete the certifications and find good quality jobs. If that's at Synchrony, great. That's a win-win for us. But we're also doing this because we feel like we have an obligation within the Connecticut community. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever, and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Bodgis, Editorial Strategy Lead at TopTal. Today's guest is DJ Casto, Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer of Synchrony, the Fortune 200 financial services company based in Stamford, Connecticut. There, he builds people-led development programs that strengthen culture, drive business growth, and nurture talent. DJ was also a key leader when Synchrony separated from its former parent company, GE, in 2015. Thanks for joining us, DJ. Meredith, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Likewise. So walk us through how you arrived at Synchrony. I know you had spent time at PepsiCo before you joined Synchrony. Yeah, I was fortunate to join PepsiCo uh, right out of school, and it was a great company to get foundational learnings on how HR works and how it's a great business partner and helping to move the business strategy forward. And I was fortunate to connect with one of my colleagues that also graduated from WVU when they were IPO and separating GE to become Synchrony. It was just really intriguing at the time, and I got to to learn more about what they were doing. And it was just something special and unique. Not a lot of people get to be a part of an IPO and separation of a company as iconic as uh, General Electric. And uh, we were able to do something, I think, very special in creating Synchrony. So tell me a little bit about what is special about Synchrony that might be different from when it was part of GE. Unlike many companies, Synchrony was 90 years old when you think about its heritage with GE. And so when you get to IPO and separate, you get to protect and keep the things that you really think make you unique and special. And that certainly played into the GE heritage. But then you get to create a new pathway forward and think about the the company you want to be and how it complements the vision of the company and and where we want to go, the type of partners that we are engaging with. And, And I think that was what uniquely positioned us to be so successful from an IPO and separation standpoint. Well, it's six years later. You've been doing incredible things for a while, but I was struck by the recent announcement of Education as an Equalizer, a $50 million five-year initiative to reimburse employees' tuition for skill-based certification training in high-demand fields. How did this come about, and what are some of the goals of this program? Yeah, I'm really excited about this program. 
I think all of us have done some deep reflection coming through this pandemic, or I hope we all have. And purpose-driven companies like Synchrony, I think for all of us, it's how can we do more here? How can we focus not just on activities, but but purposeful outcomes that are going to really help solve some of these big societal issues that have surfaced and maybe even amplified during the pandemic? One of those is I think we have a moral and and social responsibility to help provide individuals, both our employees and the communities in which we are partners, the ability to have access and affordable access to education. What I really love about education as an equalizer is we took a step back and really looked at where is the job market going? What are the skills that are needed for the future? And if we're going to invest in some of this programming, how does the the programs, the dollars, how do they translate for individuals to gain access to real jobs that help them grow their personal wealth? We started internally within our associate population and we said, listen, we have a best in class tuition reimbursement. I mean, we pay up to $20,000 a year. And so an individual could join our contact centers and decide they want to go pursue a four year degree. And they literally could do it and, and absorb no student loan obligation. And in, in today's world, that's a big deal because you don't really want to saddle someone with student loan debt when they're trying to purposely get a job that's going to help them build their personal wealth and and reach their career ambitions. And so we already had a really good foundation and a commitment to invest in our employees. But what we've seen is some individuals just aren't able to be able to meet both the personal and professional challenges of going and acquiring a four-year degree. We need to continue to invest in that. And that is something that we've we've continued to champion. But we also need to be a bit more contemporary and innovative in, in, in what we're offering. And so now we're doing associate level degrees. We're doing these certifications that you reference. So on top of the, the $20,000 a year, now individuals can actually sign up for boot camps and reskilling programs for things like cybersecurity. So here you could you could start taking calls in our contact centers, and that could translate through very specific training and development to become a part of our cybersecurity team. No one would even dream of that early on, and now you're giving them access to these really great skill development programs that can provide great opportunities. That is incredible and so needed these days. I'm also very curious to understand what Synchrony's role will look like in partnering with local organizations that support education, scholarship, and career opportunities for underrepresented communities, because I know that's part of this initiative, too. This is where I think if the public and private sector come together, we can do some really powerful things. And what I've been really encouraged by is Connecticut in general, where we do our, where we have our corporate headquarters. The governor has created a corporate council where he's asked companies like ours to come together to help think about how we are doing skill development in some of these communities in need. And so Synchrony Launch is a part of this education as an equalizer platform. We're dedicating space at our corporate headquarters And we are in the process right now of transforming that space to become what we're calling Synchrony Skills Academy. And this is where individuals in the community can come to our headquarters. We will pay through our foundation to give them that training and development we just talked about in these high skill areas that translate to great jobs. 
And we're partnering with another organization called General Assembly. And so General Assembly is a great nonprofit that helps corporations to build out this framework with regards to the curriculum and the development, as well as working with the governor's uh, corporate council to come together with, with Connecticut, nonprofits, and us to build an infrastructure to help give people access to this training and remove the barriers, remove the barriers of cost, remove the, the, the barriers of trying to find an employer after you get done with the certifications. And again, this is just another great example of where we took a step back and said, the power of partnerships is where this really comes to life. And through our foundation, Connecticut and General Assembly, I'm really looking forward to what this is going to what this is going to output. It's so exciting because people in your own community who probably are aware of synchrony, they know that they're in the area, but they never thought that they could be a part of it because perhaps they don't have a four-year college degree. Perhaps they don't have a background in cybersecurity. And what I believe you're telling me is now they can learn those things and synchrony in partnership with those other organizations will pay for them to learn them. So is the goal for these people to join synchrony because you're you're teaching them exactly what you want them to know? And is it also to just give people access to things that they might not have had access to? Or is there are there other goals to this? Yeah, I, I think it's both, to be honest with you. I think this is the really exciting thing about education as an equalizer. It really is about providing individuals access because we feel like that's one of the biggest barriers. You got to create the entire ecosystem for these individuals to really be successful. And you want to give them all that they need to be able to complete the certifications and find good quality jobs. If that's at Synchrony, great. That's a win-win for us. But we're also doing this because we feel like we have a, an obligation within the Connecticut community. We're one of the, the largest employers in Connecticut, and it allows us to really give back and help some of these communities in need that just do not have the access to this critical skill development and training. You are one of the largest employers in Connecticut. I believe 16,500 employees are at Synchrony, or at least 16,500 plus were working from home once COVID hit. And if what I'm reading is accurate, it seems to have boosted your business's agility. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? How did people working from home actually help Synchrony's business goals? Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things I'm the most proud of in the early days of the pandemic. Individuals were so concerned, rightfully so, of staying safe for themselves, for their families. And we had these large contact centers in the U.S. where you have a thousand individuals that are coming in. And so people naturally would be worried on, is everyone healthy? Is everyone safe? And so we said the only way to do that is to really get everyone home very quickly. And just to give you a perspective, before the pandemic, we were, for the most part, kind of a 90 percent in-office kind of culture, high relationship based, you know, our individuals came in every single day. So we didn't have a really large kind of work from home footprint. But my head of technology, my head of operations, you know, this team came together and, and in, a, in a pretty remarkable way, we're able to get everyone home in almost three weeks. I mean, this is one of those kind of proof points of this remarkable period we all went through over the last year, where I think all of us 
did more than we even thought was possible, right? It was just a, a time where you saw individuals really shine with regards to how innovative, how creative, how hardworking, how centered they were on just doing the right thing for their fellow colleagues and trying to help them. Synchrony, and we talked about its culture and how special it is. You know, I thought this was one of the proof points. We say we're a caring culture. We say we're responsible in our values. Well, when things like this happen is when you actually get to see it come to life. We were able to get all of our employees home. We were able to set them up on new technology like Chromebooks. Uh, listen, there were there were some uh, clunky days in the beginning, so I'm not saying it was perfect, but our employees saw that we were trying. They were so resilient in their ability to still meet our cardholders' needs so that our cardholders could be able to pay for the things they needed to pay for during the pandemic, which was really critical. And our employees were able to at least check one box in this in this really difficult time, which is I can be home safe with my family, you know, to be able to navigate this unprecedented time. It was really remarkable to watch. I was really proud of the organization. And we did see our individuals become even more productive, uh, even more innovative. We launched some of the most innovative program offerings we ever did during the pandemic. For example, we expanded our partnership with PayPal and launched a new product for Venmo, it, and it's terrific. I mean, you can read about it. It's one of the, the best products we've ever launched. And I could keep going on. There's several kind of great examples where our, our employees just really were so, again, resilient is the word I would use, and so innovative and committed to helping our partners grow that for us, it was a little bit of an awakening that we could provide this type of new way of working in a more long-term solution. Well, I'm thrilled to hear you say that because at TopTal, we are a completely remote company. It's a globally distributed workforce. And I am very curious now that people are getting vaccinated, it's less risky to gather in office spaces. What is Synchrony's take on where its workforce should work and why is that their perspective? Yeah, so one thing we did early on in the pandemic is we started these pulse surveys. And we always did an annual survey process where we listened to our employees' voice but it was probably six months into the pandemic, we started to ask the question on this new work environment. Is it something that you would want us to explore in a more permanent way? Because we heard just these really great stories from our employees where, hey, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be home during this time. It's allowing me to meet both my personal and professional needs. And I think for many of us that were in the office every single day and never even thought about working from home, it allowed us to see um, this possibility where you could do both and you could be productive and you could be innovative all from home. And so when we went out and asked our employees to give us kind of their, their feedback on whether they would want us to do this in a more permanent way, we were candidly very surprised on the percentage of our employees that said, you know what? Yes, I'd love for you to consider making this a more permanent arrangement. And it doesn't mean that we wouldn't still come together post a pandemic when it's safe to do so, but I don't need to come into the office every day. And so we, we launched what we're calling Synchrony Works, where basically we allowed our employees the choice. If you want to work at home 100% of the time, you can do so. 
For some of our hubs, we got rid of the permanent space, but we added hoteling space so that people could come when they needed to, to kind of schedule some space with a colleague to innovate, collaborate, or just celebrate something. Maybe a a team wants to get together because there's this moment that kind of matters, that it makes sense for them to come and and, and join and and just have that sense of connection, which I think is really important because I think one of the things we're still exploring and we're still a little bit nervous on is how does this impact our culture? And I think it's just different. And I actually think it's going to make our culture stronger and amplify it longer term because we have to be more purposeful on when we come together and how we come together. And so as a part of Synchrony Works, we have three different what we're calling hubs. Uh, we used to call them sites, but now they're, they're, they're hubs, uh, a hub strategy. So you've got a, a virtual hub where all our employees are working from their homes. There's no physical space anchored to a synchrony real estate, but we have committed to that group that they can come together purposefully when it makes sense. So, hey, I'm doing a, a, a town hall and I want to bring the group together. Now, this is post pandemic and, and everyone can safely do this, but we've already committed to them that they can secure space when they need to, to either collaborate, innovate, connect, just some of these things that are really important from a culture perspective. So that's that's the first hub. It's called a virtual hub. The second is a hoteling hub. I, I mentioned this a bit earlier. So this is, you know, we still have synchrony space, but it's just not dedicated. So you and I don't have a office or a queue with our name on it. But when we need to, we can go into a hoteling app and book a room. And, and Meredith, I could even uh, say, hey, why don't we meet on Tuesday and I can book a space for both of us. So together, I can kind of put two of our areas together and I can also book, hey, we might need a, a conference room to do some whiteboarding. So again, really making the experience really good for our employees because that user experience is really important. And then the third hub is called a hybrid hub where you basically get both options. You can either choose to come in three days a week and still have your permanent space or use hoteling kind of when needed. This is really about taking a step back and, and changing the way we work and giving people flexibility on a more permanent basis and allowing people choice in in how they want to come together and what that looks like in a more purposeful way. How should employees book space? Is it a proprietary piece of technology that has been developed specifically for this purpose so your employees can say, I want this kind of desk or this kind of conference room for this many people? Or is it like everybody emails this one operations person and makes their request? Just walk me through what the booking process looks like. So we have a a, a whole work stream on our new way of working. So it is one of our strategic imperatives because we, this is not, again, this isn't tactically about office space. This is about creating an experience for our employees to be their best, right? And to be their best, they have personal and professional needs. And so if we're going to give them more flexibility, you've got to create an ecosystem that goes with that. You can't just say, okay, you're working from home. We've done our job. We have to create tools, resources, things that are going to enable this new way of working. And to your point, we actually had a group of our technology leaders that went out and did a lot of due diligence around this, did a lot of listening sessions with our employees, looked at what the offerings that are that, that we were able to purchase because we wanted a company that knows how to do this. We deliberately did not want to create it in-house because just like an iPhone, you want them to push out new technology and new upgrades. And I think 
given this new way of working, you're going to see this advance in a pretty rapid way to make the experience even better. So we, we decided to use an app instead of an individual because it allows individuals to self-serve based on what they need. They're not having to wait. It's real time. Like I said, Meredith, you and I, you could say, DJ, let's go into the office on Tuesday. I could book two cubes together and I can see who else is booked around us. So we might say, hey, we want to be near the strategy team or near the finance team based off of our project. So we could go in and see by neighborhood where where are those groups clustered, both those that come in every day or where some people had booked earlier you know, in the week. And we could select it. We could also select the common room. And so it allows you and I to kind of control our own destiny. We're not waiting around for anything because I think that's important. You really want to empower people to be able to use the space when they need to for the purpose that they need to across the business. So within the virtual hub, you mentioned earlier, culture is so important. Are there any initiatives happening soon, if not already, to instill a special culture for those who will be 100 percent virtual all the time? Yeah, so so we're starting several pilots. The first pilot is literally piloting those individuals that said they want to come back three days a week or more, right? So they want that permanent space. We just want to see how that works, right? Like let's get let's get you back in. Let's start to get some feedback from you on on how's the experience. In July, we're gonna expand to what we're calling cultural events. And this is across all of our hubs in the U.S., as long as it continues to look safe. And right now, the good news is the trend is looking terrific, that knock on wood or something, it continues down that same trajectory. But we're going to be doing several things. So one, one thing that's really powerful at Synchrony is our diversity networks. Over 60% of our employees have signed up for one of our eight diversity networks. And that could be the the women's network or the African-American network, the veterans network. And again, you can be an ally or you could identify with one of those groups directly. And they used to host a a variety of great engagement and cultural events. So we're going to ask them to pilot some things. So for example, in Rapid City, um, South Dakota, where one of our our virtual hubs is, we could ask the the women's network to host a, a career event on what does it mean to navigate your career in a virtual environment, which by the way, is top of mind on a lot of our employees. Individuals could sign up. We could decide how many individuals we feel like it's safe to bring together. And they could host that either at a college campus or at a hotel or at a restaurant or outdoors because they feel like it's safe to do so. And Synchrony will sponsor that. We're going to be piloting a lot of these kind of things that were cultural enablers prior to the pandemic. They're almost must-haves post the pandemic in this new way of working because it allows people to feel a sense of identity and connection and coming together. I think we are all craving that right now. Absolutely. And I imagine it'll do wonders for everyone's mental health. Everyone wants that connection and wants to feel normal again. Speaking of wellness, there is a 100 Days of Wellness initiative at Synchrony. Talk to me about that. People are just mentally exhausted. They're physically exhausted. They're mentally exhausted. We need to put a campaign around their total wellness, especially coming off the holidays and and at the start of the new year. And so we committed, to your point, to this concept of 100 days of total wellness. And we did a lot of great programming and ideas. And we had a lot of role modeling where people were just sharing the work that they were doing. Some of our employees have gotten really focused on this concept of mindfulness 
meditation, uh, finding kind of some some time to refuel yourself, whatever that that might be. One thing I'm really proud of is, and we we started this work actually pre-pandemic, but we noticed in our hubs, people need just support, like life coaching, like life is tough. There's a lot kind of coming at you. And so we started even pre the pandemic, introducing this concept of a, of a life coach or a wellness coach in our hubs, where that individual, their sole job was to just educate and inform our employees on all the benefit offerings that we have. They're clinically trained to be able to help our employees navigate when they maybe need to seek professional help versus just investing in their mental wellness or their physical wellness. And we expanded that in a pretty rapid way when the pandemic hit. They obviously went virtual because we all went virtual, but we introduced a really diverse set of leaders that are 100% focused on wellness coaching. You could do a one-on-one session. As an employee, I personally have done it a couple times. If I've had a big meeting that I'm, I'm having to launch, you know, a message that I'm really wanting to make sure I'm championing for the workforce, sometimes you just want to run it by someone and, and get some perspective. My father was living in West Virginia, and we were in New York during the pandemic, and he was by himself. And, you know, I was worried about him, and, and, and I leveraged one of our wellness coaches to just kind of brainstorm some ideas on how I could keep him engaged, how I could keep him top of mind, how I could connect with him even more than I've ever connected with him. And we, we as the leaders of Synchrony tried to share those stories so that they became more real than just benefits. They became examples on how we all as, as members of the Synchrony family just needed someone to talk to and needed help to kind of navigate this unprecedented time. And so these wellness coaches where they were kind of this bolt-on benefit, I believe, now are going to become a, a core part of the offerings we provide our employees because all the pandemic did was amplify some of the real issues we need to help support our employees with. And those concerns, those issues don't go away when the pandemic goes away. We have a, a responsibility to now lean in harder on trying to figure out how we can help. I am so proud of Synchrony and the way they have committed and invested in, in these really contemporary offerings to help our employees. Like EAP is great to have a, a 1-800 number, but to have a, a face, a, a, a bio, a person that I get to know Meredith on a more personal level across Synchrony, I want my employees to know my wellness coaches. I want my wellness coaches in town halls and, and virtual connects just sharing them, championing the message so that my employees feel like they know them. And when they need, need them, they can tap into them and, and use them to be their best self. I really admire how open you have been about taking advantage of the Total Wellness Initiative. You are posting about this on LinkedIn. You're not shy about saying how you have gotten involved. Why have you made that effort? What are you hoping to achieve with that? And why do you think other leaders should do the same? Some of the best ideas that we had out of the pandemic did, were executed by my team, but actually the ideas came from my employees. Synchrony Summer Camp, a great benefit that we provided, which is basically like an internal YouTube where we had all of our employees' children kind of joining all these different virtual offerings. Never would I think that we would have created something like that in a, in a very agile fashion. We've, we've turned agile even in human resources. We've been, you know, using the MVP, minimal viable product to get things out in a, in a really quick way. But 
That concept came from the voice of our employees that said, you know what? I am overwhelmed. My child is not in school. They're not in a summer camp. I'm trying to be engaged, but I need to go when they start crying or they they need me for something. If I could just get 45 minutes to just be focused on my work and get some help. And we said, well, how come we can't help there? We can. And in a grassroots, really organic way, a lot of our employees showed up and said, well, I can teach some children um, the concept of sewing. I could engage with them on why musical instruments are important to me. And maybe it would inspire one of them to think about taking on the skill of learning a musical instrument. And so you almost had this organic connection that started to create. And this is why I think this virtual environment, if done right, actually allows people to even be even more connected. You're seeing my home, uh, you know, you're having deeper conversations, you're connecting on a, in, a, in, a, in a way that I don't think in corporate America, candidly, we were shy of doing that. We almost said, well, don't go that far. And I think the reality is like, there is no line anymore. It's just how do you find harmony between these two worlds, but they are fully integrated and it's not going back. And I think the companies that are trying to put it back to the way it, the way it used to be, I, I just think, I, I think we can be better than that. I completely agree. And I especially enjoy that you have integrated your own daughters into your wellness actions. I saw on LinkedIn, their adorable faces. What prompted you to bring them in on the wellness action? First of all, we talk about this as a whole family. I try not to be the HR leader at home. I try to just be the dad and the uh, and the husband and, and son-in-law. We have my mother-in-law here uh, as well. I'm not championing these benefits to get credit at work. Like I really believe if you focus on your total wellness, you'll just be better. And so nothing would make me happier than my daughters, you know, being their best self, uh, my wife being her best self. And so we talk about that. We talk about how can we take a walk together and why is that important just to, to have that time away from the screens? You know, what can we do to invest in our, our physical and our mental wellness? I've started to do a bit of a little bit of a campaign on financial wellness as well, because that's a part of total wellness. So one of the pictures you may maybe saw of Liliana was she's starting to save with a piggy bank. And we're starting to talk about well, why you would put that in a, in a piggy bank and, and what's your goal. People are like, you're doing that with a three-year-old, but it, it helps. I think it's all of all three areas, right? It is your physical wellness. It is your mental wellness and it is your financial wellness, which we can do a lot. Synchrony is committed. It's one of the things, if you think about education as an equalizer, it's the third kind of area there where we're trying to do more on providing resources so individuals can um, responsibly manage their money and, and hit their personal wealth goals. Well, I am just so pumped about all these wonderful initiatives that Synchrony has going on. Thank you so much for taking the time today to explain them all to us. And I can't wait to see the results of the Education as an Equalizer program because I think it's kind of game changing. I don't know about you. <laughs> but, so, DJ, thank you so much for joining us on the Talent Economy and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Meredith, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I share your passion on Education as an Equalizer. Thank you for listening to The Talent Economy. I'm your host, Meredith Bodkiss. You can find much more information about The Talent Economy on staffing.com and toptal.com slash insights, hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.